Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, I'm Peter Jones, Chartered Surveyor, Author, and Property Investor, and this is the Progressive Property Podcast. And today on the Progressive Interview Couch, I have Peter Smith. Hello, Peter. Hiya, Peter. And it's great to have Peter on the podcast today. Now, I've known Peter for a few years, actually. Peter and myself actually came across each other prior to Progressive when, I remember, Peter bought one of my e-books. And I was running a training for Progressive shortly after. And I remember Peter walked in. I knew it was Peter because of the name badge. It said Peter Smith. And I thought, wow, he's come a long way for a refund for his ebook. But it wasn't that, was it? You're actually no. coming for the JV day. I was, yes, that was my first property event after the MSOPI course. And there we bumped into each other. And how long ago was that, Peter? Remind me. Two, three Ooh, years ago? January 2015 was the MSOPI. Okay. And then after that, it was probably a, a month or so. Right, so right about February 2015 at the JV day. Yeah. And the reason why I'm really excited about having you here today amongst many reasons actually, is that that was kind of like your beginning of the journey with Progressive. Yes. And over the last couple of years, you've gone from strength to strength. And I think your story is really inspirational. So if there's anybody out there who's thinking, I want to get into property, but I'm just a beginner, can I really do this? I don't even know how much I can achieve. Peter's story is really inspirational because you kind of went from not very far into your journey into doing amazing things, but we will pick our way through that. So, Peter, the starting point was that JV day. Yes. Um, well, the, actually, to be fair, the starting point was probably the November before okay. when Progressive came into the, my psyche and I booked onto the course. Uh, and at that point, I was a consultant and wor working for one of the local councils and booked on the MSOP at the end of January. And again, being a consultant, uh, they hire and fire. And uh, again, life tells you things. I was given my notice that finished on the Thursday, and then I came to MSOPI on the Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Wow, so you'd literally just been made redundant? Yes. Wow. Now, were you already in property at that time? We had, uh, myself and my wife Michelle had grown uh, a small portfolio organically. Mm. Uh, you can probably tell from my accent, I'm from the Midlands, mm. and my wife's a Geordie. Mm. And we had a long distance relationship, and she moved down to the Midlands, but wanted to keep her foothold. So we rented her house out, and then she came down to the Midlands, and it wasn't close enough to the coast. So then I said, well, I'll come back and try it up in the northeast. So I rented my house out, wanted to keep my foothold in the Midlands. And then we, at that point where we sort of got two houses and it was a case of, I had a very difficult conversation with Michelle. And it was, we've got these two houses, we'll remortgage these two and buy a third one free. Uh, and that was a Sunday afternoon I can remember vividly. Eventually I persuaded her, so we did that. And we ended up with three. And then we sort of settled down there. I settled in the northeast, and then we bought the house that we live in now, which was 12 years ago. So we ended up with a, a portfolio of three, uh, and then everything went to my head. And because it, yeah, the, uh, there was all the talk of property prices going up, and I was involved with a couple of guys who were buying stuff BMV off builders off plan, and it was basically find the mortgage. 
So we bought, bought a flat at the completed, I think, in May 2007, mm -hmm. uh, which is still in negative equity. Still in negative equity. Whereabouts is uh, that? Th th this is up in Ashington, which is yes. our gold mine area. Right. So Ashington, for anybody who doesn't know where Ashington is, that's... Ten miles north of Newcastle on Tyne. Ten miles north. Now, it's famous for two reasons. Firstly, it's where the Charltons came from. Yep. As in Jackie and Bobby. Yes. And it's also quite famous because I own a property in Ashington, oh, believe it or not. Oh, yes. Which I talked to Paul Baldry. VIP mentor about quite often. Yeah. Well, you should so talk, talk to Michelle as well. To yes. talk to you about it, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and again, the, the other thing that uh, Ashington is actually famous for as well is at one point it was the biggest pit village in England. Right. And there were three pits. So uh, again, in the 1980s when all the pits closed down, Ashington was hit very hard, uh, being a, a, with the industrial heritage. Uh, about 10 years ago, it was hit again because there was a big Alcan smelting plant there. I mean, but it's gone, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of regeneration and there's a lot of money being invested in there. However, it is still um, an area that I would class as up and coming. It's never really covered, never really recovered from the 2007 property crash. Well, let's just pause there because this is an interesting point that we can discuss, which is going a little bit off script here, but I think it'd be useful for our listeners. In terms of a gold mine area then, when we're thinking about the sort of areas where we'd like to have a gold mine area, an area which has sort of constantly been hit and struggling to recover might not strike one as being like number one on the list, but you've obviously made it work pretty well. Yes. Why, uh, did, you, why did you choose to do it there? Well, again, it's research, due diligence, mm. and the fact that the, the, the previous government uh, or the previous local council had committed to spending £65 million in the area. Mm. And at one point they were moving the council offices into the area. They've just built a brand new Twenty-two million pounds worth of swimming pool. Mm. Uh, the train link is coming back in, uh, and that I believe the train link is still going to happen down to Newcastle. Yeah, down to Newcastle. So, mm. that, so that means there'll be high volume commuters mm. capacity mm. into Newcastle in twenty minutes, thirty mm. minutes. Mm. Whereas now there are some high speed buses, mm. but you're typically talking forty five minutes an hour into Newcastle. Mm. So then it will extend the commuter belt, and people who can't afford Newcastle can sort of start looking at Ashington. Right. So notwithstanding the fact that you bought a plan, an off-plan property and it's still a negative equity, long term, you obviously see that there's great scope and potential there. Yes. Uh, and again, that comes back to education. Mm. That comes back to stuff, you, you know, sort of off-plan, new build, uh, all the mistakes that you make were there. Uh, and, you know, sort of, I, I, I wear that badge of honour that, that, you know, you either earn or you learn. We've all got it, Peter. That's it. Yeah. And I, I definitely learnt by that mistake. So that then sort of stopped any sort of further property investment until coming to Msopi in 2015. So you came down to Msopi, it's about two days after you've just been made redundant. Yeah. What were you feeling and what were you thinking? Um, were you excited or were you just thinking, boy, I've got to make something happen? It was one of those things that, because I'd already committed to it, because I'd booked things up, it was like, oh, well, I'm going to go anyway. And then uh, I went back home after it, and my, my wife was convinced I was on speed because, <laughs> because of the, um, the enthusiasm, the energy that was coming through. And it, it was just through that weekend, I had so many light bulb moments that made me realise I could do these things on my own, I could play on my own furrow, uh, and it was that mindset, mindset shift that 
you don't have to have a job. There are alternative ways of doing things. Right. And before we go any further, just for anybody who's listening who isn't quite sure, the MASOPI is the Multiple Streams of Property Income event, which is a three-day event which is held usually in Peterborough or London. I think there's been one in Manchester recently, and there's yeah. talk of Bristol, where various speakers will get up and talk about various aspects of property investing. Yes. So you were here, just made redundant, getting all excited about what you could do in property. At that stage, how many properties did you have at that stage? Four. So you had four properties. And one in negative equity. And one in one of them was in negative equity. So you went back to Michelle and you said to her, Darling, I've got a fantastic idea. Don't worry about the negative equity. Let's do it all again. Well, it wasn't quite like that. I went back and said, Darling, I've just spent my last paycheck and committed going down to Peterborough for 12 months. And at that point, she was eight months pregnant, hormonal, worried about the future. So <laughs> to say it was a difficult conversation is very much an understatement. Right. So what did you just committed to with your last paycheck? I'd committed to uh, VIP mentorship for 12 months. Fantastic. And VIP, for anybody who's listening, is the 12-month mentorship programme. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And again... Was she impressed? Um, <laughs> it took two hours of conversation to get me to stay in the house. But you slept on the couch that night. Uh, very much so, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and again, it, 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 it was that usual, um, they're charlatans, they've suckered you in and everything else. And I, I, I went through sort of why I'd done it, how I'd done it, the paperwork that was given that sort of offers the money back guarantees and things like this. Uh, and the, the, the fact that, that things were sold with um, volition and honesty, mm. uh, and again, ha having an understanding of these things, I could see that the steps to go from where we were to, to something quite special. Right, so you've got four properties, one's in negative equity, and now you've got an angry wife, and you've spent your paycheck. Yep. Yeah, so, so what happened next? Uh, then we th threw, again, one of the light bulb moments about um, uh, joint venturing and not using your own money and looking closer to home to find your first joint venture partnerships. We then went along and had a, a after doing our research, we went along to my brother and sister and remortgaged, because my, myself, my brother and my sister own my mum's house and we remortgaged that, which we still pay for, but then we had uh, our first sort of JV of £100,000 to then go and buy properties. Right, so did your sister... Sister and brother. Sister and brother. And how, how, how did they feel when you went to them with this idea? Were they open to that? Did it take a bit of negotiating? Did they understand what you were trying to do? Yes. It, 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 because they could see that we'd done the research, because they could see that what we were talking about, we presented a business case for it, mm. and that they... they you know, it, it wasn't a case of there and then it was done. We then went away and, and wrote some heads of terms up, mm setting the stalls out of what happens on a good day and what happens on a bad day uh, and assign these heads of terms as the background to, to what we've done. Yeah. Now, you see, I find that very encouraging because as a, as a trainer here, having done JV days as a trainer at Masterclass, we talk a lot about the power of JVs. And yet I can see that when we talk about it, half the room kind of get the light bulb moment and say, yes, and go and do it. And the other half of the room their eyes glaze over and think, well, I can never do that. Nobody did ever want a JV with me. But those who try, those who have the conversations, like the conversation you're describing, generally speaking, end up with the JV finance and the JV partners. Yes, I can see that. And again, it comes back to 
how you present yourself. It comes back to doing your research, doing your numbers, presenting a case that people can see makes sense. Mm. And it's about research, knowledge, and power and presentation. Mm. Brilliant. So they said yes. Yep. That allowed you to then remortgage the property which you own jointly with them. Yep. So you had quite a sizable sum of money. To start with, yes. Yeah. yeah. So you spent it, presumably. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that was, by the time we got our act together, that was probably June. And we, well, actually, we, we completed on the first property in June. Mm. And then we bought 13 properties in the space of 12 months. 13 and 12 months. Yeah. Brilliant. Fantastic. And it, it took 10 years to get the other four together. Yes. Now, that's often the way, isn't it? That's so often the way. So they're single let by to lets? They are single let by to lets. Following the BRR model, the classic BRR model? Yes, to a point. But then again, there's a couple of the properties where the rent. There's one property that sticks in my mind in particular. The renovation I did on that one was I, I took out the Bosch fridge and the Bosch fridge freezer mm. for our own purposes. Mm. But again, it, it was the motivation behind the seller mm. rather than the condition of the property. So you managed to just get it at a good price. Yeah. So for again, anybody who's listening, BRR is the buy refurbish refinance model where if you can buy the property cheap enough and if you can add enough value through the refurb quite often we can refinance to get most of our money back out in some on some occasions we can even get all of our money back out of the deal and then roll it into the next deal which is how you can build a portfolio so 12 properties in 12 months though that's still pretty good going 13 13 properties sorry 13 properties in 12 months is extremely good going but Presumably, if you've just been made redundant, were you doing this full-time? Yes. So you, you actually had the time to go and source the properties? Yes. Uh, and again, the reason from sort of uh, January to, to June, part of that was I had an idea of Ashington or a particular area of Ashington that I was going to buy in. Mm. But I spent three months solid doing the research, walking the patch, talking to the estate agents, going and doing the viewings, building up my credibility as I'm going to buy mm. houses, mm. making those relationships, mm. building up the know, like and trust, mm. getting the seven points of contact in there mm. uh, and then making offers. And just to be absolutely clear though, this is with that first £100,000? Mainly, yes. I think that, uh, again, through circumstances, my mum died and there was a bit of right. inheritance came in there okay. uh, and we had a few thousand pounds that kept us going yes. up to the point of buying the house yes. and things like this. Yes. But the £100,000, you're able to split it into several deposits, yep. buy those properties, yep. then recycle your money back out through refinancing and then use it again. We actually haven't got to that point yet. We're just in the process of recycling now. Oh, it's okay. Uh, it, it just happened. Right. Uh, the mean, properties were cheap enough that with £100,000 you could get deposits on. Yeah. Well, the, uh, and again, circumstances were that we didn't get the money in time for the first two houses, so they were bought on a credit card. <laughs> well, explain. I've, by the way, I've bought properties on credit cards, which actually, when people say to me, what's it like up in the Northeast? Yeah. This is one of the reasons why I love buying in the Northeast, because yeah. I've done it myself. But tell, tell us how you did it, Peter. Again, it was an auction property, so, so that the, the deposit was a minimum of £5,000, mm. which was more than the sort of 20% 
needed was that right no i think we did have to top that up a little bit mm. but because you're buying through auction mm. they will take credit card payments yes yes uh, and we managed to do this a couple of times to, to, to get the things moving yeah absolutely. Uh, yeah. and then sort of when the money came through we, we replaced it yeah well I, i'm nodding because i bought a property up in the northeast about two years ago on the modern method of auction mm. if you've ever heard of that yeah and it was, it was the same thing i paid the deposit with a credit card sometimes when you say to people i buy properties on credit cards they look at you either as if you're mad or doing something illegal but actually yeah. because of the values and because of the way that the market's structured up there it's not hard to do if you yeah. know what you're doing yeah. uh, and again it, one of the big learnings I've taken um, through my journey has been that the fact that most of the world is built on debt mm. uh, and the difference between good debt and bad debt mm. Uh, and the fact that you you can use debt mm -hmm. to make money, mm -hmm. uh, and if you're paying five or six percent on your debt, but you're making twelve or thirteen percent, you get to keep the bit in the middle. Yeah, absolutely, and it makes sense in property, doesn't it? Because most properties you're going to have to take some kind of debt on, yeah. unless you're very cash rich, or the properties are so cheap you probably wouldn't want to buy them. That's it. So. And, w and when you tell people you've got a million pounds worth of mortgages, they suddenly go, <gasps> Yeah. How do you sleep at night? It's yes. Like, well, I sleep at night because other people are paying it down for me. Absolutely. Yeah. And the reality is that the properties are actually worth one and a half million. Yeah. Or, or, or whatever they're worth. Yeah. Cool. So, within a very short space of time, you're up to 13 properties. Yeah. A lot of people would probably say, job done, and put their feet up at that point. Yep. Did you? Nope. <laughs> uh, we have then used our track record to then create a deal sourcing business. Uh, at month 12, Michelle, who at this point was at the end of her maternity, uh, decided to give a job up and has set up a lettings business on the back of what we're doing. Mm. Uh, and I've gone on to do, I've got two commercial conversion deals going, through. one's on site at the moment and the other is in the final stages of planning. So have you stopped doing buy-to-lets now then? No, 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 because we do the deal sourcing through that. Yes. So w we talk to people uh, in Peterborough and further south and tell them what wonderful deals we've got. Mm. And then we go and spend their money for them in the northeast. Right, okay, so you are literally a, a deal package, a sourcer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we're up to, uh, alongside our 17, we now manage, I think there's about 40, 45 in total. Right, so you're up to 17. Yeah. So you've added another four. Well, the original four. The original four plus the 13, of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. I never was very good at maths. Yeah. By the way, if you're not very good at maths, it doesn't mean you can't invest in property. Yeah. I'm living proof of that. Or yeah. become a chartered surveyor. <laughs> exactly, and a chartered surveyor. Don't have to, yeah. <laughs> Leave the maths, forget that. Okay. So, now this is really interesting because you're sourcing deals for people who say from Peterborough and further south. Yep. Which makes a lot of sense. What's a typical property in Ashton that you're sourcing then? Two bed house, three bed house, a Two flat? Two beds and or? three beds. Yeah. Okay, and what, what sort of typical price? Uh, we tend to buy the two beds between, I think, the well, actually, the cheapest one we bought is 27, but more typically 35 to 40 ish, 45. And then three beds would tend to be between 40 and 50. Okay. Uh, and then if you like the sort of, well, our class is the retail end of the market. The two beds are 60, 65, and then the three beds in, in you know, sort of in a, a good condition are 70, 75. Right, now that's interesting. So those are current prices. Yep. 
for anybody who's sort of in London or, or the southeast, they might be listening to this thinking, well, when was this recorded? Yeah. Like 1910 or something. Yeah. No, those are current prices. Yes, as of, as of September 2017. Yeah, we are. We've dated it now. Yeah. yeah, September 2017, you can buy properties for 45 grand. Yeah. And what sort of rent would you get on those, Peter? Uh, the two-beds rent for 400 and the three-beds rent for 450. Yeah, so pretty decent yield. Yeah. Yeah, so you get a yield of approximately 10% and you get a return on investment of about 20. Yes, because the, the reason for that being that you're not paying 100% of the purchase price, you'll just put in a deposit yep. and then top it up with a buy-to-let mortgage on a 75% yep. loan-to-value. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So a property like that, if, we, if, you, if I took one off you for 45000 would that be in decent condition or would it need some work doing to it? Again, it depends. Mm. Uh, I would say a typical refurb will be... The, a kitchen or a bathroom, mm. uh, maybe painting throughout, maybe carpets. Mm. The, the the three that we've just bought recently for one investor are more heavy scale refurbs. It's been kitchens and bathrooms, moving walls. One needs a full central heating system, mm. but they're sort of low thirties to buy those. Mm. Uh, and, and again, sort of we, we've got a power team around them that you know, are working hard as we sit here. And roughly, how much would a refurb be for that at that level? I tend to work on four to five thousand pounds mm. for the lighter refurbs. Mm. It's a couple of thousand pounds for a kitchen, mm. fifteen hundred to two thousand pounds for a bathroom, mm. thousand pounds for decoration, mm. yeah, maybe a thousand pounds for carpet, something mm. like that. Mm. So for forty, forty-five thousand, you could actually have a very decent property. You do, yes, yeah. yeah. Which you could then refinance, get your money back out, go again. That's it. Oh. And uh, again, personally, it, it, some of the things I've learnt along these journeys are. In terms of the tenants, you can vet these tenants to death. Mm. Uh, but the way I look at the vetting process is it, it's it's only as good as an MOT. It, mm. It's as good as the day you get the information. Mm. The day after, the month after, things can change dramatically and we've had that situation. Mm. Uh, and, and then I have what I call the four horsemen of the apocalypse. All right. In terms of renting. Yes. And you either get a bad tenant who doesn't pay, you get a, a bad tenant that can trash the place. Mm -hmm you've got your voids and you've got your maintenance. Mm. And those are the four things that stop you making money. Mm. Uh, with our deal packaging service, we provide an end-to-end -end service. Mm. So I find them and fix them up, and then my wife takes them on uh, and manages the property and finds the tenants right. to provide people in Brighton and London an armchair service. Okay, and what happens if you get one of those four horsemen? It's about managing the process and, uh, and ensuring that, A, the vetting process is right, Mm. The the contact that you have with the tenant makes a hell of a difference. Mm. I've been to birthday parties, I've been to barbecues mm. with the tenants mm. because my wife is very inclusive. Mm. Uh, Michelle is very hands-on with her tenant management. Mm. Mm. So th that manages sort of the first two. Mm. You will always get the situation where, I mean, we've had a couple of people do flits, but the house has been in such a good condition, we've just re-let it. Mm. Again, it's that sort of, the early warning signs are they stop responding to text, mm. they stop answering phone calls and things mm. like that. Mm. In terms of maintenance, because we're buying the property and tidying them up day one, mm. they the, the maintenance becomes less of an issue. Again, depending on the state of the boiler. Mm. You know, one of our investors is like, well, what if the boiler breaks? Mm. I was like, well, look on it that the boiler will break and then be pleasantly surprised when it doesn't. Mm. So again, it's that mindset about mm. what you're looking for. Mm. Uh, and 
it, it's just how you approach these things. Mm. Presumably, when you do the refurb, you're adding value to the property. Not to the same extent where you're putting a conservatory on or doing a loft mm. conversion. Mm. And there is an, is an element of adding value, mm. but it makes a property more presentable. We're, mm. we're taking something that, that may be perceived as uninhabitable mm. because of the age of it, the condition of it, and we are making them habitable. Mm. And then that brings them to a tastefully decorated house that brings them up to the top sort of 10 or 15% of wanted properties in the area. Yeah. On the back of that, I would also say that Michelle has built her reputation up for aqualettings mm. and sh she has people coming to her saying, have you got any houses? Mm. We do a tenant find service. We had three tenants not take another landlord's house because she wasn't managing it. That's mm. how good her reputation mm. is. Mm. So when you came to the Multiple Streams Property Income event, having just been made redundant with a pregnant wife at home, wondering what you're going to go back to. Did you have any idea that all this was going to happen? Did you, I mean, did you think, right, okay, well, I'll go back and we'll start a letting agency? Or did this just happen organically as you became a full-time investor? Um, I would say it's happened organically. Mm. Uh, again, because we've always, we, because Michelle was pregnant, she's like, I, I don't want to manage the properties. And mm. I was like, fair enough. Mm. Uh, and we'd always self-managed up to that point. Mm. The first couple of houses we bought at the start of the summer holidays, we tidied them up. Mm. And the local letting agents were giving us every excuse under the sun mm. for re these houses not renting. So they stood for a month to six weeks. Mm. Uh, and eventually Michelle got the bit between her teeth and said, right, what they're talking is absolute rubbish. We, we, you know, we, we've rented houses Christmas Eve. Mm. Uh, and they, when you are one of many, um, you, I, I think there's there's a different mentality in the sort of larger, more corporate letting agencies. Mm. So that's when we sort of decided early doors to take the management back in. Mm. And it was just a natural progression as we scaled up. Mm. It, it was just seemed the most sensible thing to do. Mm. Okay. So for anybody who's listening, who lives south of Peterborough, and I guess they don't necessarily have to really live south of Peterborough, but for anybody who's listening who might want to buy a property in Ashington and have you manage it for them, how would they get in touch with you, Peter? I would suggest, uh, well, my email address is petersmith5000 at aol.com. All one word, Peter all, Smith? All one word. Mm. Or the other the other way would be go through my wife's website, which is aqualettings.co.uk. Mm. Uh, and either of those routes will get to us. If they mention my name in, in the um, subject, we can talk. Aqualettings as in A... Q U A Yes. All one word again? Yeah. Aqualettings all one word yes. dot co dot uk. That's it. It's a, it's a favourite colour. Yeah, oh, okay, that's gonna last. Right, perfect. Perfect. So those deals are there to be done. Yeah. And for anybody who's thinking, well I want to get into property but I can't afford it, maybe you can. Yeah. I, I am more than happy to talk to anybody, bring them up to Washington, show them what we do and how we do it. Mm. If there are properties in being refurbished more than happy to show you what we do in terms of the refurbs, mm. even meeting tenants, uh, you know, that, that, that's possible. Yeah, uh, and I mean, personally, I've been that impressed with the, the training and the, uh, the the support and the community around progressive property mm. that I've sort of now come full circle and become a VIP mentor mm. to give back. So Peter, if that was the end of the interview, we could kind of stop there because that is actually very impressive to go from four properties up to 17 in your first year, then to start a letting business, then to start a deal packaging business, but actually that's not where you've stopped.
What have you been doing personally for your own property business? I've drifted uh, into commercial conversion. Uh, we've got one scheme on the go at the moment for 22 units in North Shields, which is about halfway through. And the second scheme we've exchanged on, and it's currently going through the planning process. That one is a, a listed grade two listed building conversion into 13 units and building five bungalows in the grounds. Right, now you say that very casually, like we've got this development of 22 <laughs> units in North Shields and you move on. Come on, let, let's hear about this. How did, how did that all come about? How did you find it? The 22 unit, well, the, the, the whole scheme in North Shields came about from networking. Right. I took the time and trouble to jump in the car and drive up to Glasgow VIP uh, when there was an open invitation to just to network and meet other VIPs and uh, Paul Smith introduced me to a gentleman called John Mann and he said, Peter, you need to talk to John. He's got a scheme in North Shields that's on your doorstep. And I was talking to John. He, he'd um, made the initial offer to the port of time we bought the building from. And he was about to go down to Ray McLennan's Angel's Den. And I said, oh, that's interesting. Can I tag along? I helped John by introducing a local architect who managed to draw up some initial plans for the building and that became part of the presentation to Angel's Den and uh, when we were sitting when we were sitting down in London doing the final prep John says would you mind helping me with the presentation and I was like fair enough I, I said but to do that I need to be a partner in the project mm. so, so we shook hands and the deal was done. And that was probably, well, it wasn't my second JV, but it was my second major JV. Right, interesting. Uh, yeah. So what, what was the property? What, what, what was it used for before yeah, you bought it? It, it had been offices for uh, one of the uh, ferry companies, but it actually been empty for about 10 years. Okay. And we had a proposal, again, under permitted development to convert it into 17 units. Mm. And while this initial phase of construction has been going on, we've got a planning uplift to 22 units. Hmm. Uh, and again, we went down to Angel's Den as one of the routes to funding. Uh, that gave us four opportunities, or four potential funders. And alongside that, I was then networking in the northeast and was introduced to a high net worth broker. We ended up going with the high net worth broker and one of his funders. Um, and again, the, the mindset shift around funding because of being presented with these opportunities of people with money uh, has made a, a major shift in my psyche to turn around and say well there is money out there there mm. are people there are people with money who are not happy with 0.1 of a percent in the bank mm. and are prepared to structure a deal that gives them security and to give people who are prepared to take a chance give them that chance yeah well going back to my earlier point those who believe yeah. believe and those who don't believe don't believe that's it the money is out there yeah. if you just go and find it. Yeah. So in terms of the deal itself, it's quite a big sort of first commercial conversion deal to be doing. Yeah. Nervous, excited? All of the above. And very much involved, although you make it sound like you're sort of almost like a junior partner asking if you can be involved. I get the impression you've been very involved, very central to it. Yes. Uh, it's that thing of John found the deal uh, and I've... I found the power team, mm. uh, and it's it, it's a fifty it's a 50-50 JV in that respect. Mm. Uh, and John's been coming down to the project meetings and everything. 
the, the the I tend to be on site once a week. Mm. Sort of, I've, 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 to be fair, I've been doing a vlog, but I've sort of fallen off the wagon a little bit with the six weeks holidays and everything. And, and it's amazing. People have been turning around to me and saying, "What's happened to your vlog?" Mm. It's like, sorry. What, what's a vlog for those who don't yeah. know? Video, uh, uh, again, I don't actually know. Video, video, video vlog. vlog. Yeah. 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 Yes. So I've been posting weekly of the progress. Yeah. Um, where, uh, where are we going to find that, by the way, if you want to tune in? It's on our website. It's, it's on the Laurel. The site is called Laurel Keys after Stan Laurel, who was uh, a resident of North Shields. Was he really? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. And again, this is the digging into the history of the place to mm. find a, a good name. Mm. The website is Laurel keys as in q-u-a-y-s yes dot co dot uk okay and that's where we'll find you yeah and, blog. yeah and, and again the, 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 I, I try and post it on facebook if you wonder what peter thing. looks like go and have a look at his vlog yes, yes. definitely yeah well, actually, actually now i'm a behind the camera vlogger oh are you okay <laughs> yes yeah so that's a really exciting first project and is current because you're currently building it out. You're project managing it, essentially, I guess, are you? Yeah, I mean, we, I, I turn up and ponce around with the camera once a week. Yeah, make sure uh, everybody's uh, doing what they're meant that's to do. And then we've got a real builder who, who's managing the project, uh, again, leveraging it out. When, when's it due to be finished? Uh, it's, we're looking to sort of sales post-Christmas uh, and then it'll be sold out middle next year I would imagine. And have you sold any off plan or anything like that? We haven't pushed that side of things yet uh, again because of the planning permission uh, and not being 100% certain whether we were, we were building 17 or 22 hmm. it's difficult to sort of um, stage that in such a fashion of to so people understand what the building looks like and things hmm. like that so we, we, we've sort of kept our powder dry up to this point hmm. and again we're going to start pushing that in the next few months. Right so again I, I know I keep asking this question but back in sort of January, February 2015 when you first made redundant, did you ever imagine you'd be doing commercial conversions? No. No? Yeah. No. So for anybody who's thinking about getting more involved in property but perhaps is nervous of taking the first few steps, what, what, what would you advise? Because clearly you've just powered ahead and done everything. Yeah, but I still feel like a newbie. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I think when you're in the trenches it's always difficult to sort of stand back and realise what you've done. Mm. Until you take stock in mm. situations like this, yeah, uh, and I, I still very much feel like the new kid on the block. Yeah, that uh, again, sort of cheesy saying alert. The one of the things that's mentioned around progressive is your your network is your net worth, mm. and everything that I've done in terms of the, the the two conversion blocks that we're doing and other opportunities that have presented themselves have been through networking. Mm all of the JVs, all of the money has come from networking. Uh, and I, I can't stress that enough to anybody who thinks, oh, well, you're just going to have a chat for a coffee, like my mm. wife thinks that. Mm. Um, you have got to go and get out there. Again, Facebook. Facebook is a fantastic tool. The, the vlogs have created so much interest uh, and people have come and they've had a view round the, the, the site. Again, I'm more than happy to take people around the site and show them what we've done and how we've done it and talk through the, the processes in a bit more detail. Mm. Because I love property. Mm. I, 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 could talk, I could sit here for hours and talk about it mm. and it, it, because I'm so passionate and it, it, it's, I can see the power of property in terms of creating freedom. Mm. Uh, for, uh, and I, I'm, I'm living that dream I wouldn't say we're quite there yet, uh, but we're getting there. Mm. Uh, and the, there's a route, there's a path that we're following. And, and again, it's never a straight road. 
there are ups and downs and there's blind alleys that you go down but it's there it's there for the taking and anybody can do it and, and that's why I love your story actually Peter because if you'd sort of come here two or three years ago thinking right I am pro property professional I am doing this I know I can do it then that would be all well and good but actually you didn't come here with that at all and yet you've managed to achieve so much in, in a relatively short space of time and for anybody who's listening thinking can I really do property does property really work is it all just hype is it just spin is it just a story you're living proof actually if you just get stuck in and do the stuff we talk about anything is possible I would agree with that uh, and it, it's that everything starts in the mind everything starts as an idea uh, and it's having the belief that you can turn that idea into reality mm. uh, and it's finding a route that makes that happen be it through mentorship be it through networking be it through JVs it's there and you can take that opportunity should you choose to take it mm. the world will present and it's up to you to do it mm. absolutely right so when it comes to networking and you, and you have mentioned networking a lot that's obviously a key part of your success yep. meeting the right people at the right time finding the deals finding the finance how do you network then is it as simple as having a cup of coffee with somebody or do you have a particular process or structure that you go through when you're talking to somebody what is it that's happening Pete what's what what accounts for your success I, I would say it I, I am a turn up and just have a, ch a chat and a coffee with people okay uh, I, I don't certainly go in with an agenda mm. but I think it comes back to the fact that people can see I'm passionate mm. people yeah you know, people can tell I, I can't shut up about property and mm. what's going on and again it comes back round to telling people what you're doing where you've been successful and explaining how you've done what you've done mm. don't hide the challenges explain to them that yeah that, as I've just said there are there are roadblocks there are blind alleys that you go up that you have to get round and it's the belief that you can get round it mm. uh, I think this makes the difference into you know, my mindset before progressive and my mindset after mm. So that's a fairly big current deal, but it's not your only current deal. You've got the other one in Morpeth, yep. is it? Which is an old police station? or no, the, old the old registry office. Registry office, right. I knew it had some kind of legal background. Yeah. So tell us about that one, Peter. How did you find that and what's happening? That, um, again, I through networking, I met my two business partners uh, that I'm working with, that uh, working with on that scheme. Uh, and that was through open tender from the council. That was a council building that we bought and just worked the deal through, put an offer in. We were, we were fortunate enough to be the, the most, um, the, the highest price and the conversation started. That one's taken about nine months, I would say, to get through the legal process and everything else mm. uh, to point of exchange and we're now going through the planning process and again, with the complication of being grade two listed you've got heritage consultants you've got conservation officers we've got bats we've got the, the other one that turned up last week was uh, freshwater crayfish because we've got a culvert running through the middle of the site and, mm. and you can't build within six meters of either side of the culvert mm. and there's big drains running through the site you name mm. it we've got it on that one wow and how do you feel about that i mean some people people could listen to a list like that and think do you know what i just can't be bothered with that great <laughs> that, that means there's less competition for well, me well that's true i mean that, that's absolutely right isn't it and i often say at masterclass and other events where i'm training at this is why we're paid 
as property investors because yeah. we are prepared to put in the hard work to actually solve the problems. Yeah. If it was easy, everybody else would do it and we wouldn't get a look in. Exactly. Yeah, true. Having said that though, that is quite a hefty list of things to get over. So you've got bats, you've got the conservation officer, you've got crayfish listings, the whole lot. It's all there, isn't it? Yep. Presumably you've got expert advice helping you through. Exactly. Yes. And it all comes back to having the right people around you and knowing the right questions to ask. I can't answer all these questions, but mm. I know a man that can. So the power team, this is a question which we're often asked at Progressive, how do you find the power team? How, how, how have you put together your, the power team for North Shields, the power team for Morpeth? People you knew, have you just gone out and found them, gone through the yellow pages? How does that work? Uh, again, networking. networking. <laughs> it's the same old thing. Coming back to it. <laughs> uh, but yes, you get introduced to people through networking. You look at their track record. Uh, you would also, so, so for instance, if you pick the architect first and you're happy with the architect, you might turn around and say to him, ask him for a referral for an engineer that he works well with, ask them for a, a referral for who they work well with um, in terms of the ecology. If you know that um, you are going to be dealing with a, a conservation officer, for instance, ask the conservation officer who's a good heritage consultant, mm. you know, and almost sort of turn the tail, tables on them mm. to make sure you get the right people that can talk their language that they are happy to talk to. Mm. Uh, and it, it is that sort of uh, ask the question of other people. Mm. You know, we've got one of the, the finance for Morpeth came through the, through our solicitor. Mm. We were talking to them and we were on about we're going looking for finance. He, he said, and he said, I can introduce you to this company. Mm. Go and have a chat with them. Mm. And that's how that finance came about. Mm. And you just talk to people, tell people your problems and mm. they will help you solve it. Mm. So what's Morpeth going to be? 13 apartments and five bungalows. And again, far too early to start even thinking about selling or selling off plan or yeah. thinking about selling. But what, when you're looking at starting work? Uh, it's depending on the planning, it will either be late this year or early next year. Okay. And then sales middle of next year. Right, so you've got an exciting year coming up next year. Yeah. yeah. Any more projects in the pipeline? Ooh, there's, there's a mystery project sitting in the background. Okay, don't want to talk about that yet. Uh, well, again, it, mm. it's, it's, it's an off-market opportunity that we've mm. pre been mm. presented uh, on, on the coast of Northumberland, mm. and it's a 63-unit site. Mm. Uh, and again, the proposal we've put there is to JV with a landowner mm. who's very interested in that. That then makes the access to finance so much easier mm. if, as the um, special purpose vehicle, mm. you've put that you're putting the land in, mm. uh, and th that just makes things so much easier. Mm. So, so we're, we're, we're quite excited about that one, but that is very early doors. Brilliant. Now, to some extent, your property journey has almost gone full circle, hasn't it? Because you're now a trainer with Progressive, specifically, you're a VIP mentor. Yes, this is true. Whereas two years ago, you were actually just you're on the VIP as one of the attendees. That's it, as a now mentee. You, yes. Now, now you're, you're a mentee, now you're a mentor. Yes. So how did that happen and, and why? Why are you doing that? I, I believe in, in giving back. Mm. Uh, and uh, once I'd been through the process and going in believing, to, uh, believing in the process, and if you like, going through going through the process and believing in it even more, I then sort of wanted to have the opportunity to, to, to give something back to the system, organisation, community, 
that had got me to where I got to, mm. uh, and you know, helping me with my mindset, helping me with my funding, and looking back along the journey that I've come, helping other people, giving them the helping hand to get to where I am. Mm. All of our VIP mentors are great, but if you're listening to this and thinking about doing the VIP and you want to have Peter as a mentor, that would be cool as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, my, my area is single buy-to-lets, deal packaging, commercial conversion, development and mindset. Mm. And every mentor has got their own little specialisms. Mm. And, and I'll get people who come to me and say, I'm interested in ser uh, yeah, mm. service accommodation. And I would never try and teach service accommodation because it's not my bag. Mm. But there are men mentors there who, who specialise in that. But you, you've got to find the right mentor for your journey mm. and you've got to find somebody that you can work with and you can believe in mm. uh, there's no point going into vip and not committing mm. you know again stealing one of aaron's phrases you've got to play full out mm. yeah and the thing about the mentor coming full circle and being a mentor it's amazing the variety of people you see mm. and the one thing I would say is if you are committing to, to VIP, if you are paying the money to be there, be present, do your actions and do more to, to get out anything you've got to put in. Mm. Which is a great point. And so for anybody who's, who's not on VIP, which is fine as well, but for anybody who's listening to this, who's perhaps maybe there's somebody listening to this in a similar situation to the situation you were in a couple of years back, what would be like the one top tip you would give somebody now who perhaps is just about to start in property but they're just finding their way? Network. Yeah, well, there we are. There's a surprise. Yeah. Yes. There, there, there's at least three networking events in your area. Uh, Progressive Property Network is one of them. Mm. There are other competitors out there and go to as many networking events as you can. Yeah, by the way, we don't mind if you go to the competitors. We'd encourage you to go to the competitors. I We're all in it together. That's it. We're all in it together. And everybody has a different spin. Mm. Uh, and in terms of that, you can, you, you will always pick up a nugget at an event. Mm. So, Peter, that's fantastic. It's been brilliant to hear what's happened to you over the last couple of years. It really is inspirational. It just shows that if you go into it, wholeheartedly anything could happen. Thank yep. you ever so much for being here today and sharing your story and your journey with us. I hope that it, it is an inspiration to other people. That the, the mindset is so important and if I can be here as somebody who's just a little bit further along the ladder mm. and inspire the people behind me, I, I, I'm more than happy to do that. I, I, I'm a firm believer in property and I'm a firm believer in progressive property as a company that can help you. Fantastic. If anybody wants to get in touch with you either as a deal sourcer yeah. or just maybe just to chat or to take you up on your offer looking around your development, yeah. whatever, or just want some advice on how to do commercial conversions, any of that, just a reminder of your email, petersmith5000 at aol.com. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So, Peter, thank you ever so much. Thank you. Peter's been Peter Smith. I've been Peter Jones. This has been the Progressive Property Podcast. And if you have any ideas for any subjects that you'd like us to cover on the podcast, get in touch through the community, get in touch through the Facebook group, 
to the Progressive Facebook group or send me a private message on Messenger. And if it looks like a subject which we'll all benefit from, I might do a podcast on it. In the meantime, here's to successful property investing.